Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to episode 13 of Unlock the Knowledge. Today we're going to be talking about Battlefront 3, what it needs to do to be successful, and in De Filoni we trust. Ready up, my destiny. Alright, so I hope you all have been enjoying the past couple weeks of Star Wars. There's so much that's going on with Taiki Watiti as the brand new director of a new Star Wars movie. And they also have the screenwriter who's going to who has done work for 1917 and that's going to be sick too because that movie was really good won a bunch of oscars uh the movie looked beautifully sound was really done well and if you haven't seen that movie definitely just go check it out so you can kind of understand what the new star wars may have in relation with screenplay because i felt like that movie was just so so well unique it was just so it was portrayed so well with how it evolved over time and how we all we usually when we get transitions and different scenes, they usually end up skipping time. That movie didn't skip time at all. It kind of just showed you what happened from point A to the to point Z to the end of the movie. It didn't really skip from A B to D to F, you know, to G to Z. You know, it just kind of went A B C D. You know, one two three the entire entire movie. And there isn't a lot of movies like that. You know, that start you at one point and end at another point and show you everything that happens. And I really love that. I would love to see some type of uh, maybe Star Wars movie. I don't think that's really going to be it. But I just really loved a lot of the scenes in this movie because the the scenes made you kind of worry about what was happening. Yeah, the way all the actors were standing, how things kind of evolved over time and, and, and climaxed. It was, it was pretty solid. You know, it was worth, it was a very good movie and i think with star wars emphasis on that in history and things like that and lore i think you could do the same thing maybe even better so i'm very excited about that um so enough about that because i think a lot of people have kind of brought on and kind of reported about what's going on with that just as i have with my youtube channel and if you haven't please subscribe because i would greatly appreciate that now let's get in with battlefront 2 battlefront 3 what it needs to do to be successful and i've been playing a lot of battlefront recently um i don't know why i actually don't know why i feel like it's just because i'm in that star wars mood and i want to really enjoy kind of me playing a star wars game honestly i think it's just republic commando i've been looking back out of that video game i've been thinking about rebuying it replaying it and republic commando is probably one of the best star wars games of all time easily one of the best star wars games that just don't have a sequel the game ended on a a cliffhanger when in a, like a really good cliffhanger uh some of the um i think you were trying to i can't remember for you where you were fighting the general grievous's guards and you were also trying to man these turrets and stop everything from happening and then one of your boys uh one of the republic commandos that's in your squad it's a four-man squad and he ends up getting captured and that's how the game ends just like that he just gets captured you know you hear him and everything that's going on and he gets captured and that's it that was the end of the game uh, nothing ever happened but if you ever look at all these video documentaries like you know halo and a lot of these big time developers do when they're making a new game um they took it really seriously they i mean they hired like marines and stuff to show them how to do all of these like entrances and clearing and like every like everything was kind of like uh mopped up and copied and put into the game as if you were an actual unit uh, you know an actual military force um <laughs> and it's so funny because i think some of the uh some of the footage is actually of these you know game developers like they all got these like star wars like toy guns and they're going around with this one guy who's you know an ex-vet and he's showing them how to clear clear doors and clear corners and things like that and enter and things it's it's so funny how uh they're kind of training these game developers to and show them how it works and uh, you know i don't really feel like that that type of touch is 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 happening with a lot of these video games not to say that they don't know what to do but it's just like i feel like there's a sense of urgency to get things done correctly get, get things done in a quality that you want to you want people to play your video game not because you're just trying to get money out of it but because you are passionate about it you really love it you know you really just want people to have a smile on their face when they bust in the cd for this game and then they start playing 
Now, let's talk about Battlefront 2, okay? And Battlefront 2 is a game that, you know, it's okay. Like, I, I just think Battlefront 2 is okay. Um, I think it was terrible at release. I think it was easily one of the worst Star Wars games of all time. I think it was worse than Battlefront 1. I still think uh, Battlefront 2 is, in some aspects, not all, in some aspects, is just not as good as the original Battlefront that EA had brought out. Because Battlefront 1 was also terrible. Uh, you had these cards that made you do all these things, but the game got better with releases and it helped you out with a bunch of personalization. Like you did not, there was so many races, there was so many races that you could pick and, and you didn't necessarily look uh, like anybody, you know? And I, I really feel like hopefully in the future, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily turn out the same way that it has for these two battlefronts, uh, because I can't, uh, I can't stand it how we have to pay sixty dollars for a game and wait for it to to be what it is now, you know, like product, or, you know, a product service game, and that's not cool, you know. We deserve better. So, uh, here's the thing. I'm playing co-op, right? I'm playing co-op a lot for Battlefront 2. And the reason why I'm playing co-op is because I feel like co-op right now is the best game mode. And I know that might sound weird to some people, but it's because I don't get a lot of lag. Uh, there's a lot of server issues sometimes with like registering your bullets and things like that. Um, it reminds me a lot of the old Battlefront games because you have AI fighting with you and I love that. And I wish you could kind of get that in some of these newer Battlefronts and hopefully in Battlefront 3. A Titanfall does it really well. You play as your pilot and you go around and then you have not only the other pilots who are joining and, and you're fighting with, but there's also you know, that type of the Marine Corps, the the AI, the little grunts that are going around with you and they're the basic Marines and stuff. It just it just fits in to everything that's happening around you. It's a good um, ambient thing that's going on, you know, and and I and I really love that touch in these video games. And I feel like Battlefront uh, info, the older Battlefront games influence a lot of the FPSs in the future. You think of like Firefight, right? With Halo. And and that was a really big thing. Um, also the way I want to say Halo does with some of the, the older games like Combat Evolved and Halo 2. You walk around in Halo 3. Like I remember like he, he walked in and it was like, whoa, a Spartan, you know? Like all the AI, you know, all the UNSC Marine Corps, you know, they would get so hype, the ODSTs and things like that. You know, they'd be like, yo, we got a Spartan, he's here to save the day. And I feel like that's kind of something that you should feel when, you know, you have, you know, when you spawn as a Republic Commando, you spawn as a Jedi. And I think a lot of times, too, uh, I think some of the stormtroopers or the clone troopers would also, like, ask Jango Fett to shine their helmet in the old Battlefront games, you know? Like, it's just things like that, you know? Um... Like, I, I think uh, sometimes when you would spawn as Aayla Sakura, who was, you know, the Jedi that died in uh, Revenge of the Sith, the blue Twi'lek, the blue-looking alien, if you don't know, um, she dies. She gets shot up by her entire battalion. And one of them, one, uh, like, and in, in the old Battlefront games, you know, when she spawns and she's next to you, it's a very rare voice line. But they say stuff like, oh, man, Aayla Sakura is so cool. Do we really have to kill her? You know, it's like, it's the funniest stuff. And... I feel like there isn't as much of that in these newer Battlefront games because I, I don't know if it's because they're not allowed to do it or I don't know if this is because they're just worried about it. Um, there was just more video game, you know, it's that, that sense of oomph in the video game, you know, that extra mwah, chef kiss, you know, where's that, uh, that nice little spice, you know, that your own touch to, to everything else that's going on. Um, because Battlefront is very clunky. It's very, it's not, it's, some of the aiming is, is weird and off. It feels like everything is on a grid and you you can't really go beyond this grid and, and move freely 
And I don't like that in video games. I don't like being constricted. I don't like being confined. I don't feel like I have to move on some type of access. It's not the most enjoyable thing for a video game, especially something as grand as Star Wars. And the reason why I play co-op so much is because I absolutely love playing as the clone troopers. The clone troopers are easily the best timeline in this video game in Battlefront 2. And it's because of how much personal personalization customization is. And the customization in this game is, I think, terrible. I, I think it's so bad for a Star Wars game. There's so many battalions. There's so there there is just so many skins in the movies alone that even though they put all this time into creating and and bringing in every single most of the battalions that you have for us the Clone Wars era into the Clone Troopers into Battlefront Two timeline, it's still not enough. Uh, and that's the thing. It's like I just can't stand. I I hate I hate looking like everybody else in a video game. It's just the most boring thing to me. You know, I, I just feel, I literally feel like, like dead. I, I feel like I'm dead. I feel like there's no representation for myself. You know, and, and I'm not talking about like, I mean, I'm talking about like, yes, I'm talking about the species and stuff too for the other factions, but I'm just talking about where is my personality? You know, where is, is my personality for, for all of these things? And, and I don't have it. You know, I just straight up uh, don't have it. And I can get some of it in the Clone Wars era, and that's why I like it, you know? <sighs> but, like, where where's the customization for the Death Troopers? You know, where are the Shadow Troopers? You know, where are these Arc Troopers in the Imperial class? You know, even some of the Resistance, man. You're telling me that every single person looks like they're, uh, you know, that, that they're literally the same type of rebel everywhere, you know? I mean... Where is, why can't I have my sleeves up or sleeves down? You know, why do I always have to wear the same helmet and I look like everybody that died in the middle of the hallway in Rogue One, you know? Uh, and that's the thing too, before I before I get carried away, I want to be more focused about this. Um, Clone Wars era is easily the best because the customization for the droids and the customization for the Clone Wars, the clone troopers, is the best. It's the best in the entire game. It still could be a lot better. It still could be so much better. I don't. I don't know why you can't even make your own custom like stormtrooper. I. I don't know why. There's just so many divisions. Why not? Why not be that one weird obscure uh, Jedi battalion that no one knows about? You know, I'm not saying that you make them dynamic where it's going to be a conflict that they don't have it. But at the very least, you know, you can put something enjoyable. So at the very least, the person is alive in the video game. And that's one of the reasons why the old Star Wars, the uh, Star Wars MMO, excuse me, the it's not really old, but it's 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 oldish. It's the Star Wars: The Republic, the, the EA Bioware game. That's one of the reasons why I stopped playing back in the day when Star Wars was given away to Disney was because I felt like when they no, when they said that hey, all this legend stuff is no longer a thing, we're doing our own timeline. It killed my character. It killed the representation of uh, the representation of my character. Uh, I felt like I I've, I felt like everything that I am was destroyed in one savage stroke, in one foul swoop, you know, and uh, that's a terrible thing for a, a player who wants to continuously play in video games is when you take their representation away. You know, you take their personality away, you take their expressive, the ability to express themselves away to be who they are that's why halo i feel like is so good is because halo just had so much customization for the longest time and i feel like it was never before seen in fps because not only could you color yourselves uh, what type of spartan but you could be an alien then you had the custom emblems you know uh you know and then of course as the game's gone on it's gotten better especially in reach uh not so much these newer games but hopefully infinite will change that but it's just like i, I feel like you can adopt so many things. You look at the Bad Batch. Look how look how different they are. You know, um, I'm not saying that you. Sh I, I'm not saying that you really should change the 
uh, physical shape of your character because I believe that gives you disadvantages. You know, people can make themselves smaller and, and skinnier and things like that, and that'll be a lot harder for people to, you know, to, to fight and, and, and shoot them and things like that. Um, but I think at the very least, you should be able to customize the appearance of your character. There's so many different types of helmets and and armor appearances. You know, you have phase one, phase two, phase three, and then there's also special divisions like Bad Bad for public commandos. You know, um, even in the Clone Wars original, like 2000, uh, like what, three version of it, I, I feel like there's just so much more that can be done. And this is just with the Clone Wars era. Oh, you look at the Resistance. I, I can't play the Resistance. I can't play any of the new stuff. Because all the Stormtroopers look the same. Uh, you know, like, all the Imperials, like, look the same. All the Resistance folk look the same. All the freaking, all the Rebels look the same. And it makes me so mad. You know, why, why can't I have an Endor person, you know, on, on, on the Death Star? You know, why can't, why can't I look like... Ugh, you know, why can't I look like a rebel pilot, you know, on on Endor? You know, it's just it's just all these little things. And, and you're telling me that everyone in the division look like that. And that's fine. I get that from a movie perspective. You know, that's cool. Um, but that's the thing, too, is like if you look at like the Rise of Skywalker and the Rise of Skywalker literally had people fighting its war at the end of that movie. Where's all that? You know, where's all that customization? You know, why? Why can't they just make things that are specific to some of these movie props? You know, you take some of these movie props and you make it into something worthwhile for people to get excited about. And you can't do that. Yeah, they don't do it. They don't want to do it. And that's why I've been playing co-op was because I feel like every other game mode is just annoying to me. I got I don't want to see me go around and, and kill, a, a, you know, a bunch of the same stored stormtroopers the entire time. And I know that's also kind of weird to say because. You know, in st the stormtroopers are supposed to look that way because they have no identity. You know, they're so they're just literally supposed to, uh, to to just be their own type of nobodies. That's why they don't have names, especially in the sequel trilogy. Jesus, there is n there is nothing like there. Well, there isn't as much, but like, where's the executioner troopers? You know, uh, we're all like, where's the type of Sith trooper skin? Why does the Sith trooper have to be like an actual? like enforcer a special thing why can't i just be this person and that's the thing too is like the sith trooper is a special character in like he's an enforcer right he's a, he's a, a reinforcement they, they classify him as but the thing is is like that's not that's not who they were in in the actual movie because you know you see something like the death trooper the Death Trooper is very different. And sorry, guys, I'm sorry, like I'm moving, um, like I'm, I'm pronouncing things wrong. I actually have a bunch of cuts in my mouth. I don't know. It's something that happens to me often. I don't know why. Um, so I'm really sorry if I uh, sound really weird. Um, but you look at the Death Troopers, right, in Rogue One. Um, the Death Troopers have height and weight requirements. Um, on top of that, they have this distorting device that masks their language. So it's like a certain code, almost almost a language that they speak that only they can understand, right? And that 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 makes them special. That makes them super special. These Sith troopers don't really have like the force. They're just part of a certain brigade, you know. They're, they're Sith enthusiasts. They're not even. I don't even. They're not even. Most of them are anyway. Are not even like force sensitive. Um, so the idea of a Sith trooper being a special class, I think, is kind of a joke. You know, like, you, that's another customization that just should be a part of the sequel trilogy's Stormtrooper class, you know? Um, and it's so weird to me, too, because, like, I remember when Disney had come out with Battlefront 2 and they talked about how, why did they, that, you know, they took away all these things from the first game. And then Battlefront 2 came out and they said that they didn't want to put everything um, together because they didn't want to mess with the continuity and even though they said that, and by the way, what they mean by that is like they don't want to have, they don't want to see something on screen that's been in a movie before, which makes no sense to me, and then put that in the video game because they feel like it's going to make something or somebody be upset because it is canon or it isn't. 
Well, that makes no sense to me because the movies are the most official thing. You know, it's not the comics, the books that I love so much. It's the movies. And if it's in the damn movie, why isn't it in the damn video game? Does that make sense? I don't know why you get mad at something. Like, you're literally taking everything from a video game. Everything from a prop that was inside literally the Bibles of Star Wars. And you don't want to put that in. The same time they say this and they don't want to do that, you know what's happening is you can play Darth Maul in the in the in the in the, in the Empire during the time of the Empire. You know, you could pick Kylo Ren in the in, like on Naboo in the middle of the Clone Wars, like, and that was going on for a while. You know, it made no sense to me where you did this like instant action and you were and you were going in. Now when you do co-op, it's different. You can't. Like, you can pick Darth Maul during the time of the Clone Wars, which is also kind of weird and inaccurate, too, because he's only really on the time that he's fighting, you know, on Naboo and the Phantom Menace. You know, then it's Count Dooku, then it's Asajj Ventress, you know, then it's General Grievous, you know, but you can still play as him through the entire Clone Wars era, which is up to Order 66, and he's not really there, you know? He's on Mandalore, you know? He's fighting Ahsoka. He's getting this criminal syndicate that he's got going on he's got gar saxon and, and rick cass going on with his uh entire little secret division that he has with uh trying to do the siege of mandalore you know um it's all these really consistencies and inconsistencies and they say they want to do this but they end up doing something else and it just makes no sense to me because there's parts of these video games there's parts of this video game that has been left to just kind of sit and rot and there's so many versions of the Stormtrooper, you know, that exist in the movies, especially with, like, you know, the Mandalorian now that we have with everything that's going on. And then on top of that, you have Jedi Fallen Order with the Purge Troopers. You know, like, why aren't the Purge Troopers a part of the thing? You know, like, why aren't the Ark Troopers a part of the thing? You know, where are the Shadow Troopers? Where, you know, and then you have the, the Death Troopers that are pretty cool, too. Um, and then you have the jump troopers, you know, and the jet troopers. There's all these things. Um, but, like, they just added, you know, the shore trooper. Where is the, the you know, the tank guy? You know what? I'm going to do this right now, okay? I'm going to do this right now. Um, all Empire Storm Trooper in movies. See if this pops up, right? And so, and then we have a bunch. You know, we have the Shore Troopers. You know, the Shore Troopers were from um, Rogue One. You know, we have uh, the, yeah, the Tank Trooper, the Death Trooper. We have so many different types. The You know, the Snow Trooper, that's actually one. Um, there's, you know, the the AT-AT the AT pilots, you know, the Imperial Shock Troopers, you know, the, um, the TIE Fighter pilots, you know, the Shadow Troopers, which I talked about, you know, um... Yeah, you know, like, there, there's just so many that are in these movies. And it makes no sense to me why you can't just put them. And the and I'm looking at the tank troopers, and the tank troopers look so cool. What about the sand troopers, you know, from Battlefront? You know, um, scout troopers, you know, why why is it why is that just to for the sniper class? You know, um, it's so many like that's all for the Imperials. So why aren't why aren't these in the games? You know, and if they're if they are like actual skins, um oh my god, yeah, and what about the, the those uh snow troopers? You know, uh from from solo. Those guys were and the mud troopers, you know that they oh god, see, I'm literally just remembering all this stuff right now. And and there's so many things. That and that's just from that's literally just from a one class. That's that's so much more. It's so much more than what there is, you know. And the sequel trilogy has so many different types of things too. Now, you know, you have not only the, um, you know, the Sith troopers, and not only the Jet troopers, but you have the Executioner troopers. Uh, there's one of the Mountain troopers. I think that's from. Uh, Batu, I believe what it is called, right? Yeah, from Batu. Um, and that's a certain type of brand new trooper that they have. And this is all canon. They're selling merchandise of these. Like you, like, you can't tell me that these things don't exist or they don't want to put it in something because they're already, they're, they are already making money off of it in some way, you know? Like, 
And then you have Inferno Squad. Uh, and there's, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't think there's an excuse. There, I don't think there's an excuse because this is the this is how you this is how you start Battlefront three off when you make it. If if you may, and of course they're gonna make it. They have to make it, you know. But you have to do that. You have to make. You have to put everything, all these appearances. People need to play as the characters that they own in their Black series, the characters that they've seen for so long. Why aren't these in the game? And if they're not in the game now, because they're not going to be, because Battlefront 2 is over, they need to be in the new game. It's it's so... It's so much. It's so many things that I feel like are not being put into this game, and appearance starts it all. Appearance is the first thing. You can't be in the Star Wars universe and not allow people to enjoy what they grew up with and what they've seen in the movies for so long. And everything that I've said here is literally just a small percent of what actually should be put into that game with appearances. Space battles are okay. You know, I, I enjoy the space battles. Uh, but it's, again, again, it is my personal belief. It is the bare minimum of what should be. And if you play uh, space battles, it's literally just a space battle. Or, uh, or uh, something that's happening in the air. It's just starships. And the Millennium Falcon. And Slave One. And the Silencer. You know. And Poe. Poe Dameron. And a couple other pilots that you can get to play as. Uh, but that's it. Everything else is just um, some of the starships that are in the uh, movie eras. And you just fight. You know. You just fight. It's a dogfight. It's cool. It's alright. But like. Do you remember that game mode? In the first, I think first and second, I think it was in the second Battlefront 2, the original, where it was actually a true space battle, where you were able to spawn in a capital ship of either, you know, the Separatist or the clones, and you could not only do a dogfight, but you could actually take a transport ship, and you could pick up all your boys and then in, go into the hangar of the enemy ships and drop them all off and then spawn in there because the the transport ship was a spawn so you could spawn in you, it's like a moving spawn point and you can spawn in there and then from there you can go into the enemy capital ship and then just start killing everybody there and that's good, too, because not only do you infiltrate them and you start taking control of basically all of their ships, because if they can't get to their ships, there's gonna, there's, there's, no one's going to be there. Uh, so not only you do that, but you're also going to make it easier for everybody else to come in there and then just kill everybody there, and then that's going to be the game. You know, that's, that's how you win. You blow it up and you get out. And I, I feel like, why, why, why in the hell can't there be a version of that? In, in this in this brand new game in this in in, in Battlefront because I feel like it should have been here, but a lot of these games these days are just so poorly made. They're they're very lazy. They're very lazy in the beginning, you know. And and I feel like with the mentality that they had to finish this game and update these new updates, why can't they just do that at the beginning? Why can't they just work on everything like a you know, have a solid vision of what they want this game to be at end time, and then add stuff later, of course, like they've been doing, but just make the game solid at release. Ha I just don't understand it. I don't understand why games are just so empty these days. And I know everybody's going to talk about how, oh, well, you know, corporations and monies, you know, and, and I get it, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, like, people can't be blind, right? There's There's a reason why these some of these video games are not are not selling and they're not making as much as they used to. I mean, surely somebody in this giant round table has got to be like, well, maybe we should make a good game, you know, <laughs> like, like, surely, you know, someone's got to just say it. Someone's got to just acknowledge and be like, oh, dang, you know, maybe we should just probably make a really good game and then they'll buy it because it's a good game. Well, maybe that'll work, you know, and. And I know a lot of people don't want to spend money these days and they just want to get, you know, get the biggest profit they can. But at the same time, too, where are the people that love the video games? You know, the, all these people that love the video games that are doing this. 
And it's just sad because playing all these factions uh, are not enjoyable. I should be enjoying myself when I play the when I play as the Empire, when I play as the Resistance, when I play as the Rebel Alliance. Uh, it just has so many customizations. The weapons are terrible in this game. I don't think there is one good weapon that I enjoy. Like every weapon, I feel like it's just kind of eh. Um, the Republic Commando class, I feel like it's just the the one I have the most fun with. You know, I really enjoy that class. Even though the gun isn't as good as I want it to be, but it's perfect because it's straight out of the game. And I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Ugh, I just feel like there's so many weapons in this universe. And, and you're telling me, like, every single class has, like, two or three. Like, you're telling me every single class has two or three weapons that it can use. You know? There's so... Every single weapon that's in this universe now has to be put in this game. You know, at the very least... The, the movie weapons that that are as default, because I know in the Empire, all the Rebels have the same weapon. You know, I know the Stormtroopers have the same weapon. And that's fine. Just let that be the default. Let it be the default. You know, why can't I have Boba Fett's rifle again? Why can't I have Jyn Erso's rifle again? Why can't I have Krennic's really crazy revolver-like blaster, you know? There's just so many things. So many, well, you know, where's, yeah, where's um our boy's uh, Tobias Beckett's, you know, weapon, you know? Then you have Zori Bliss. There's, uh, there's so many weapons out there that I feel like nobody wants to really just sit down and draw and put in the video game. And then that's not to mention other blasters from other video games that are in certain video games that, that EA has. You know, like EA Galaxy of Heroes? A lot of those heroes have different type of weapons. You know, why can't that be brought in to some of these games? And then, of course, Jedi Fallen Order. And then previous games, you know, like Republic Commando. Just do it. Just go ahead and do it. You know? Feel like i'm nike right now just do it so that is just my my entire feel for it you know um i i just feel like there's so so much so much more that can be done and i and i feel like everybody rants about it but i feel like if you all really want a better battlefront you need to make a ruckus and let them know that what is happening because battlefront 2 is good right now but it can be so much greater if we just work together and have a unique vision a, a like-minded unique vision of what we want this game to be and they will hear us just like they did before so the next thing i'm going to talk about is uh, david filoni and we trust <laughs> my god do we trust david filoni just give me one second because i have to uh, do something real quick so I'm sorry, I'm working on, I have a lot of stuff going on with my YouTube channel, and I'm working with a lot of artists. I'm sorry about that. Um, and I'm really big on making my video look as best as I can. Like, it's, it's like OCD for me. Like, I, I get really upset and frustrated when I see one blur, you know, one nasty little hiccup. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm very attention to detail, you know, oriented. It's a very meticulous process, and if things do not look a certain way, uh, I get really frustrated and upset at myself. So I, ha I make sure I hire the best artists that I can afford. I make sure that I have the best overlays that I can afford. And the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is getting a, DSL, uh, deal, a DSLR camera. And that's so expensive. Those things are so expensive. But I need it because there's so many uh, creators out there who just have had the advantage of being on top for so long that if your quality, if you're a smaller content creator and your quality just isn't good enough, no one's gonna care how great your your content is because they just don't care to watch it because it's just it's it's not used to what they're seeing. They're used to seeing some of the best, you know, because people have been you know monetizing for so long. They've used a lot of their income to upgrade their channels, upgrade their resources, and for small creators like myself. It's just a disadvantage. So that's why you always need to have. You can't have disadvantages. You're already at a disadvantage. Any type of disadvantage you allow yourself to have is just another reason for someone else to unsubscribe and listen to someone else's podcast or someone else's YouTube channel. So you can't allow that to happen. And so that's why I'm very detail-oriented. I'm very big on quality. I need to make sure everything I put out there is the best I can. When I can, you know. Sometimes it doesn't work because, you know, I have issues, uh, health issues and things like that. So you do the best you can. So, if anyone doesn't know, uh, Dave Filoni has been, I don't know, he's a godsend. He's, he's always been the chosen one in my eyes, but I think now, 
he's starting to catch fire and he's starting to catch a lot of momentum and and everybody is seeing what everybody else was talking about because he was just a name that was just being thrown around and these two episodes you kind of understand not only how big of a star wars fan is but just how important he is and it's so funny because the first episode of this behind the scenes that he was talking about was you know he used to work his one of his first jobs were illustrating for king of the hill you know and i think a lot of people i think almost everybody had watched king of the hill at one point you know um but i also think what is so great about dave filoni is just how he was hired and he and he talks about how he was sitting there and just working one day and then someone called him from uh uh, Lucasfilm illustration and how he thought it was a prank, you know, and and he was just kind of whatever, and <laughs> and then once he found out it was actually a thing, you know, he he was a total fan, and a lot of times we know, um, especially me, uh, there's a lot of opportunities that have been presented to myself where I people see how big of a nerd I am and how passionate I am, and and I get too excited, and getting too excited is a thing, it can happen. And he talks about how the lady that had given him his uh, his appointment uh, wanted to hang up on him and, and didn't want him to come, but she already made the appointment. Um, and I thought that was kind of funny. But, you know, long story short, he ends up getting the job. And from there on, he's, you know, he helms Luke. Uh, he helms uh, Clone Wars with George Lucas. And it's so cool, too, because... You know, the, um, as it goes on, you just see how many people really love him. And, and the biggest thing is like uh, Taiki Watiti, his um, um, Taika Watiti. He is um, he's the biggest important thing in all this uh, in this giant, giant machine right now that is Disney, because he talks about how he directed, you know, some of these episodes of Mandalorian. I think he got two, but the biggest one everybody talks about is of course the final episode which is the one he did and he talks about how he needed dave he needed john favre in there both of them because he didn't want to mess up continuity he wanted to make sure he remained loyal to the star wars universe and what star wars is as a representation and a definition you know and that is amazing it's amazing i mean i already knew that you know, I mean, I already knew that because I know I know who Dave Filoni is. You know, this man has been doing Clone Wars for so long. He's been getting better and better at everything that he's doing with every single thing. A lot of people talk about how terrible Rebels was, you know. And a lot of people talk about how not so great Clone Wars was at the start. And I was one of those people because I really don't. I, I really think Clone Wars is kind of average when it's not doing all the things that it does at its best you know like before maul has come in you know before all the mandalorian stuff gets going you know before clone wars really starts to like hit at the top same thing with rebels you know rebels there's a lot of episodes where i literally just did not want to watch rebels but i did but when rebels picked up steam you know it was your know, business picked up that that ish was moving and it's some of the best star wars out there just like clone wars is and then you have Mandalorian, and I think Mandalorian is another great thing because not only does Mandalorian, in my opinion, feel like it's one of the greatest shows of Star Wars of all time, but it's also because Star Wars uh, is just made so well when people know what Star Wars is, you know? Like, that's where Star Wars truly, truly excels, and that's why The Mandalorian did so well. Because it looked good, you know? It felt good. Everything was right about it. You know, and a lot of people I don't think liked Dave Filoni's um, episodes, but I, I did not see it. I'm 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 a bigger fan. I want to say when it well, I have a lot more toleration to Star Wars when they do things like the member berries. And his episode was the Tatooine one with Shake Fanic, and who a lot of people thinking are that is is Boba Fett at the end of the episode. You know. Um, and that episode hit me so I loved that episode so much. But Dave Filoni just knows Star Wars. And one of the biggest things that he had recently done was his speech at the end of the second episode. In the end of the second episode, you know, he talks about the Phantom Menace. And I, dude, I literally, when he said the Phantom Menace, 
And I literally like paused it and I made sure that I was sitting up and paying attention because for some reason I just knew that what he was going to say was going to hit me. And because it's not, it, it's, it's, it's something where I feel like a lot of people, they always talk about the original trilogy. They always talk about the original trilogy. And that's not to say that I don't like it. It's just, I've heard it so many times. You know, we know about how Star Wars was like, wow, this was the first thing and no one had ever seen it before. And then Empire Strikes Back, you know, and then Return of the Jedi, you know, it's just, I, I get it. You know, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, but it, you don't hear people who are making Star Wars really praise something that's not from the original trilogy, especially in this time because we had the sequel trilogy being made. And when we have the sequel trilogy being made, it doesn't really give us room to see other things of Star Wars aside what's kind of being forced down our throat with like media and toys and everything else that's being made to show what's important. And Dave Valley talks about the prequels and The Phantom Menace. And The Phantom Menace is one of those movies where it's the prequels. You know, that was that was the sequel trilogy before the sequel trilogy was even created because people hated it because it wasn't the original trilogy, you know, just for the sake of that. And he talks about how Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, the Jedi that goes to Tatooine and finds Anakin Skywalker as the chosen one. He talks about Qui-Gon Jinn and he talks about how Qui-Gon Jinn is, is fighting for a certain belief that he that he believes the Jedi should be, uh, he, that believes that they, sh they should be, that he is this, uh, father, you know, he's this certain father figure of Anakin Skywalker, that it's a certain father figure that he's needed, because Anakin doesn't have a father, and he recognizes how, um, this kid has so many midichlorians, this kid is the potential of something great, and he's, Qui-Gon is kind of doing everything he needs to do to make sure that this kid is going to have the future, and then, of course, he talks about how Darth Maul, you know, Darth Maul and Qui-Gon are kind of like uh, almost like the two sons, in a sense. You know, they're the two uh, representations of what's going on. And he talks about Darth Maul is like, uh, you know, obviously like really evil. He's made he's made he's made to be evil. He's made to look evil. He's made to sound evil. You know, he's got the double bladed lightsaber that is like, yo, I mean, I'm evil, bro. And <laughs> I love it. I, lo I love it so much just because Darth Maul, but also how. David Filoni gets it. He just, he just, Dave Filoni just gets it. And he's always gotten it. And, and that's why he's so important. And he, he goes on, he goes on and talk about how um, this is the duel of fates. You know, when, when Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, when, when Qui-Gon Jinn, the Jedi Master who is trying, who frees Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen One, is also fighting Darth Maul. And it, it truly is the duel of fates because whatever happens is going to influence Anakin from the rest of his entire life. And of course, as you know, Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon Jinn. He dies in that battle. And from then on, Anakin Skywalker loses that father figure. And I don't think a lot of people have ever gotten that. You know, I mean, I've always gotten that. I mean, I've always, I not necessarily in the father figure, but Qui-Gon Jinn was the guardian that Anakin Skywalker always needed. And that's what I always saw him. I always saw him as the guardian, you know, the the saving angel that's coming in to put you on the path that you need to be and guide you. And then in the midst of that, that, that angel is kind of cuffed of his wings and, and gets shot down. And then you sit there and, and you kind of have to do this all and, and do it all from yourself. And Anakin Skywalker does that with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and, but he points out something that's, that, you know, so many people praise Obi-Wan Kenobi these days. And that's fine, you know. Obi-Wan Kenobi has a really great right to what he is and what he does because he is one of the greatest Jedi of all time. But Obi-Wan Kenobi also has messed up. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people I don't really think is that Obi-Wan Kenobi did not want to train Anakin Skywalker. And I think a lot of people just kind of skip over it because they just don't want to watch The Phantom Menace or they don't like The Phantom Menace because it's never before. It's not something that they really uh, love. Uh, but, you know, Dave Filoni also points out, you know, like he says, you know, why do I get this? Why do I have sense? Why have, uh, Why do I sense that we've picked up another useless life form? And that Obi-Wan Kenobi said that about Anakin Skywalker because, yeah, he's he's comparing him to Jar Jar Binks, you know? And, and, um, and, and it's sad because, like, that's... That's the person that was going to train Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, at the end, when Anakin is sitting there really sad because 
Dude, he loved Qui-Gon Jinn so much. I don't think, I don't think people really know when you go back and watch The Phantom Menace, how much Anakin Skywalker loves Qui-Gon. You know, because Qui- uh, you know, Anakin Skywalker is a slave. And he, he already doesn't like being told what to do. But there's parts where, like, he's just so submissive to Qui-Gon because he feels like Qui-Gon is, like, this guardian that has come out of him from the from dreams, you know? Uh, like, like I remember, uh, when, you know, when he sees his laser sword. I saw your laser sword, you know? Like, uh, um, you're a Jedi. You know? And he's like, no, perhaps I killed uh, Qui-Gon. Sorry. Sorry, I went too fast there. Um, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is sitting there at the dinner table with everybody. And Qui-Gon Jinn is there. And, and Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, uh, you know, lifts up his lightsaber before they get there. And Anakin Skywalker sees. And when they're sitting at the di dinner table, uh, Anakin Skywalker is like, yo, you know, I saw your laser sword. You're a Jedi. And Qui-Gon's all like, nah, that's not, I'm not a Jedi. I, I, I probably could have killed a Jedi and took his lightsaber from him. Anakin, and Anakin Skywalker says this. He's like, no, that's impossible. Nobody can kill a Jedi. You know, so understanding that and, and a kid's mentality, like Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker literally thought that Qui-Gon Jinn was a god. You know, like he thought he thought he was something. He was like a deity coming in to save his life. And he did. He freed him. Not only that, but as soon as Qui-Gon Jinn is in his life, everything good starts happening for Anakin. He's freed as a slave. He wants he wants the pod. Or, you know, he wants the Buntas Eve, you know, which is the pod racing. And, you know, he does that. You know, he gets all this money for his mom. It seems like Anakin is, is going on the right path. And then on top of that, he gets the journey that he's always wanted to. You know, he flies in a pot. You know, he, he, he that was his thing, too. He, he, he tells Padme when he first sees her um, in Wada Shop. He tells Padme, like, yo, I'm going to, oh, sorry, sorry, he doesn't tell her. He, he tells Qui-Gon when Qui-Gon is cleaning off his wound and, and testing for many chlorines. And he tells Qui-Gon, he's like, I'm going to be the first person to see all the stars. You know, so so it's just like, you know, then the end of the battle happens uh, from Naboo, the end of the Phantom Menace, where, you know, they free, uh, they free the Gungans and, you know, and everybody. And, every, and they, you know, they totally deactivate all of the, the uh, B droids, the, the battle droids. All this happens. And so it seems really great, but then all of a sudden, boom, your new, your new father, your, your new guardian dies, you know? And then he's left with Obi-Wan, who is a stranger. He doesn't know Obi-Wan. If you watch the entire movie, he, they literally have an exchange once. And I think it's just Qui-Gon introducing him. But Qui-Gon doesn't really, but Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't really care. He only cares because... Qui-Gon Jinn dies in his arms, and he says, promise me you'll train the boy. And then Attack of the Clones starts off, and if you've made it that far, because you, you aren't upset at the prequels for whatever reason, you know, which I, I get, I, I totally get, I get, you know. Um, but for the sake of Star Wars, when you watch this movie, you understand, like, it's not a father-son thing, like Qui-Gon and Anakin was. It's, uh, it's almost like a big brother thing. That's what it is. And you never listen to your brother. You never listen to your brother. You know, because the, the older brother is always telling you what to do. The older brother is always telling you the stuff that's right for you. But you don't care. Because he's just the big brother. He's just being too protective. He's just being too annoying. He just thinks that you're weak. And that's ultimately what happens to Anakin. Because they are friends. You know, they are friends. They care for each other. But he wasn't Qui-Gon Jinn. And something that happens in the 2003 Clone Wars, the old Clone Wars that they used to air, is, is Obi-Wan Kenobi gets shunned by Anakin Skywalker right before Anakin Skywalker is no longer a Padawan. This is right after Attack of the Clones. And what Anakin says is that um, he turns around and he looks at Obi-Wan and, and he's like, yeah, well... Uh, you want to talk about wisdom? You're no Qui-Gon Jinn. And, and, and dude, and I felt like that that is the greatest line that I think has never really been replicated into anything. Because that line from Anakin Skywalker literally personifies and represents the definition of what he thought deep down inside of Obi-Wan Kenobi compared to Qui-Gon Jinn. And it goes on because also in Attack of the Clones... When Anakin Skywalker's mother dies, after he tries to go and rescue her, 
Anakin Skywalker is going off and he's killing all of the Tusken Raiders that killed his mother. And when, when it pans over and transitions into Yoda, because Yoda's in his meditation chamber and he's sensing all of these things, who do you hear? You hear the death of the Sand People, but you also hear Qui-Gon Jinn from beyond the Force trying to stop Anakin Skywalker, telling him, no, Anakin, no. You know, it's like, I'm getting chills thinking about that. And it's so sad because I feel like for so long I've been the only one who gets that and who who sees Anakin Skywalker as what he could have became and but also what he is as the victim of everything around him he he is a victim in a certain sense of what has become of him because all of this is the doing of Palpatine you know no one could have saved him the well i i disagree the only the only person that could have saved him was Qui-Gon Jinn. And that's why I feel like if Qui-Gon Jinn survives that attack from Darth Maul, Anakin Skywalker does not, does not fall to the dark side. Qui-Gon Jinn was a master who honestly should have been on the council, wasn't because he believed the Jedi were not the way he believed. Um, Shoot, I even think Count Dooku even might have joined their little thing because count dooku also joined uh well uh, sorry count dooku also you know he he trained qui-gon jinn so a lot of his ideals come from count dooku and who does who do the ideals of count dooku come from they come from yoda and i think yoda would have been also understanding because he slowly realizes the failure of everything at the end of attack of the clones um, and then also towards kind of the end when everything that's happening and going on with Anakin Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith. I feel like if Qui-Gon Jinn survives, the galaxy is turned out very differently. Very, very differently. And Anakin Skywalker, as always, has been the key. And I'm so glad that we have someone like Dave Filoni because Dave Filoni is, is the person. He's the person that's going to help us to understand what Star Wars is. Uh, and if you don't know, you should go back and watch these. You should just go, and I'm telling you, do homework. Go back and watch on Disney Plus these behind the scenes and get as much fix as you can from Dave Filoni because when he's talking about these speeches and he's talking about Star Wars, you know what happens? Everybody else is quiet. Everybody else doesn't say a damn thing. You want to know why they don't say anything? Because they're listening. And they realize they don't know as much as he does. Thank you so much for watching Unlock the Podcast. Unlock the knowledge of the podcasts. This is episode 13. I hope you all enjoy. I'll see you next week. Deuces.